0: Hey Ashley. Hey Kim. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. How are you? I'm good. Good.
1: How are you? I'm hanging in there. It's been a busy week. It has been a very busy week and here we are on Friday again. So thankful for the weekend. It goes by so you know on Mondays you're like oh my god I gotta make it through these five days but not really because we love our job. We do love our job and we have a good time. We have a good time but I guess it's just One of those automatic things, oh my God, it's Monday. Well, that's true. And then Friday, I'm like, oh, it's Friday already.
0: (laughs) I know it. But I'm thankful that it's Friday today because it's just been a long week.
1: It's time to rest and recharge. Yes, it is. So on today's episode, Ashley sits down with Michael Romano, who is the executive pastry chef for the Edgar's Hospitality Group. And y'all,
0: if you haven't been to Edgar's Bakehouse... Please go check it out. It's part of the Goodwill um, Enterprise. So it's located at Washington and Fierce Ferry. Yes, it's,
1: it's where Um, Wineburgers used to yes. be. Well, in that shopping center. center right. So um, Goodwill used to have um, the coffee shop. There. Higher Grounds. Higher Grounds, that's it. Um, it is in the same spot or location that Higher Grounds was previously located. It is amazing
0: so when michael showed up to sit down with me and have this conversation on the front porch he brought a wonderful basket or box of pastries and y'all when i
1: tell you (laughs) this stuff is so good And the brownie was absolutely amazing. Um, At the bakehouse, they have some things that we had never heard of before. You will learn about those in the podcast because I'm not even going to try to tell you about them. They're like combinations of like a biscuit and a croissant or, you know, things like that. Or
0: a corn cookie. Yeah. Something about a corn cookie. Anyway, all I'm going to say is keep an open mind and go try it. You will not be disappointed. It is amazing. Such, such good stuff. So Not good for our waistlines, but oh so good now, for our what? taste buds. Now, let thugs. me tell
1: you something that I do remember him saying that stuck out to me. He tried, he said that he tries to use as less sugar as possible. That's true. You know, because the I'm, least amount that he can yes. use. You know, because I'm a perpetually on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't these days? You know, but it's like with that in mind and then tasting it, um, we, we actually, um, I went there for lunch with a coworker, and got, um, I guess it was a cinnamon pecan roll. Mm. Oh, it was so good, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to get, um, strawberry. They have strawberry shortcakes. I think that I saw, I'm going to get some of those and they have some other amazing things. They have more than sweets though, guys. They do have they do. savory sandwiches and stuff like that. That's
0: right. And great um, homemade breads yes. and that kind of stuff. So it's not just sweets. Although if you have a sweet tooth, definitely need to check it out. But if you don't, there's something for you as well. So we hope you guys enjoy listening to and meeting Michael Romano from Edgar's Hospitality Group.
1: All right, let's get into it.
0: Welcome to Augusta Magazine's Front Porch, a podcast about life in the Garden City and the people that call Augusta home, as well as a behind-the-scenes look here at Augusta Magazine. From restaurants and shopping to health care and business, we'll talk about it all. Welcome to our Front Porch. Welcome to the Front Porch, Michael Romano. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you're new to Augusta, so welcome to Augusta.
2: Thank you very much. You're
0: welcome. And you are the executive pastry chef for the Edgar's Hospitality Group, correct? Yes, I am. So, Happily so. So, how does one get to, to become a pastry chef? Do you tell?
2: It's a long journey. Um, <laughs> first, you have to start out as a fat kid that loves cookies. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs>
2: At the age of 14, I got my first job in a bakery. Basically wanted to learn how to make all of the things that I love to eat. And I got bit by the bug and was just super passionate about it. And I haven't stopped since.
0: So at 14, let me ask you this then. What does a 14-year-old young boy want to learn how to to cook or make in regards to baked goods?
2: In regards to baked goods, I really wanted to learn how to make a good cannoli.
0: Oh, okay.
2: So growing up, my dad would always say like, I can cook you anything in the world, but I don't know how to bake for anything. I'm like, okay, well, if you don't know how to bake, I'm going to learn how to bake that's and right. I'm going to be really good at it. Because at least then together we can throw some good dinner parties. That's and, right. You know, have some decent meals. Um, but then from there, it, it turned into learning how to make pizza dough and learning how to make, you know, rolls and learning how to make all these different traditional Italian pastries because that's the type of bakery I was working in at the time. And I just loved it. And I love the reaction that people get when they eat something that you worked really hard to make or create or or whatever it is. And just that expression that lights up their face is kind of addicting to me. Sure. So so I'm constantly chasing that reaction.
0: Okay, so I'm going to tell you. I have not opened this box, but I'm going to open it now. Open it. Because I'm very interested.
2: I brought you a little bit of everything.
0: Oh, mercy. Okay, let's take a look at this. All right, so you're not from Augusta.
2: I am not from Augusta. I can tell
0: by the accent. <laughs> so tell me, where are you from?
2: I'm originally from New York. Uh, okay. I was born on Long Island. I own my own sto- bakery cafe in Astoria, Queens, and I worked in Manhattan for years and years as well.
0: Okay, Kim, will you pass? The- I need some of that hand sanitizer because I know I've touched everything and I know. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, so let's see what's in the box. Is it a good thing that we have not had the afternoon goodies yet? Probably so.
2: She doesn't look like she wants to share.
0: She doesn't want to share, but she doesn't have a choice. <laughs>
2: I'm just kidding. She always has a choice. Well, there, well, there's plenty more where that came Okay, from. so let's see. This is see. just a sneak preview.
0: Okay. Wow. Holy cow. Okay. So <laughs> I know that our listeners cannot see this box, but this is fabulous. It is. Well, actually, if you go to AugustaMagazine.com and check out the podcast, Somewhere on there we're going to put this photo, correct, Kim? Or social media, so that's awesome. Okay, so looking at this, tell me what we have.
2: All right, so right here you have two of our, one of our signature breakfast items. It's called a cruffin. So a cruffin is croissant dough baked into a muffin. Okay. Ours is a savory cruffin. So we put everything bagel seasoning on top because you can take the boy out of New York, but you can't take the New York out of the boy. And we fill it with uh, whipped scallion cream cheese.
0: Holy cow. Okay.
2: So that's like a really good, uh, I call it a breakfast trifecta, because it's kind of like a little bit of everything that you want. Okay. Um, okay. Alongside of that, you have some of our cookies. I brought one of our white chocolate walnut brownies. This is our pain au chocolat. So our uh, okay. Pain mm-hmm. au chocolat is, uh, for anyone that doesn't know what that French word means, is a chocolate croissant. Yeah. We make ours with uh, bicolor dough. So it's a regular croissant dough wrapped in chocolate croissant dough. And then we put three sticks of dark chocolate on top in the inside of it.
0: Okay. Wow. Feeling my waistline go as we.
2: (laughs) If you if you eat it with your eyes closed, they're calorie free.
0: Okay, that's good.
2: Um, and then in the corner over here, I brought you one of our desserts. Uh, We also make these beautiful little pastries. So this is our mocha pastry. It's a devil's food cake. With a milk chocolate custard that's infused with our coffee that we get from Eubora Roasters down here. Yes. And then it's cloaked in dark chocolate and has a little salted chocolate crunch on top.
0: Amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. So, when you bake all of this stuff or whatever you're baking, what is your favorite thing to bake? Do you tell. <sighs> mm. Would it be anything on this menu or is it something that...
2: There's a lot of things on this menu that come from my heart directly. Um... Being it that it's our first menu and that it's you know Augusta's first glimpse of to, as to this caliber of pastry, I wanted to stick with things that I'm extremely passionate about. So we have a dessert, a pastry on our menu rather, that we call the sugar queen. That is not what that pastry is traditionally called. Okay. Tra- traditionally, it is called a queen yaman. And a queen yaman is a French pastry made with croissant dough. And it's coated in sugar in the raw, or turbinado demerara sugar, if you will. And as it bakes and and puffs, the sugar on the outside kind of creates this little crust on the outside. Mm -hmm. So it's got this, like, crunchy, sweet exterior with the flaky croissant interior. So nobody can say Queen Yaman. I can barely say it. Uh, So we we called it the Sugar Queen. Because being in the South, we wanted to give it a name that was kind of approachable and, and, you know pretty Southern. So we call it the sugar queen.
0: Okay. And people down here would call it the sugar queen. Sugar queen. That's right.
2: <laughs> all right. <laughs> I got to work on that. There you go. It's all right. <laughs>
0: Amazing. So you don't know this about me, but I would rather eat dessert than anything. Oh, we're going to get along great then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really would. So we go to these luncheons at events around town and I will literally, because a lot of times they're preset, Sure. the desserts and the salad, I go straight for the dessert and they all make fun of me. Um, my team does. Well, Kim doesn't, because typically, she'll kind of go right there along with me. But everybody will look at you like, what? But I'm like, listen, why would I eat this when I could have
1: this?
2: Life is short. Eat Life dessert first. Is, that's it.
0: So, that is my motto. So, that is, this is perfect. No, this is going to be, we have some bakeries here in Augusta, and we've got some great bakeries, but we don't have, or until now, have anything of this caliber in Augusta. So, we're super excited.
2: I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that everybody in you know that has been in the store so far um, has been excited and, and receives us well, and we've been selling out of a lot of things, and people are kind of just get eager to get there earlier and earlier to try it, which is exciting for us as well.
0: That's awesome. So you've been in Augusta since March. March. Yeah. Okay. And you've told me before that you've basically been in the kitchen. (laughs) I have. The whole time you've been here. I
2: have. I haven't had much time to uh, explore Augusta, but uh, I do have Sundays off and I I do like to, you know, get on a bicycle and and ride around a little bit and explore.
0: So tell me a little bit more though about your background, like growing up. So we know that you decided at 14 that this is kind of what you wanted to do. So where did you... Where does one go to train to be a pastry chef?
2: <laughs> so uh, in New York, I went to a culinary school uh, on Long Island. And while I was there, I was also working in a restaurant. So my entire life, even through high school, I was working in restaurants doing pastry and, and practicing my craft and something that I knew that I loved. Um, I've worked in ice cream stores before just making crazy flavors of ice cream. I worked at a chocolate factory once where we would you know, buy cocoa beans and manufacture our own Bean to bar chocolate. Um,
0: that's amazing. It's
2: so much fun. Yeah. So, uh, so every kind of little facet that, that of the you know baking and pastry industry is is kind of where I tried to draw, steer my career. Um, I've been an instructor before, um, teaching classes. I worked at a five star, five diamond hotel in Manhattan, uh, the Pierre. It's a Taj Hotel. It's uh, it was an incredible experience. So many amazing people come through that hotel it, it's it's kind of weird when you're you know sure in the pastry kitchen and they're like hurry up i need a chocolate sculpture for lady gaga and you're like hold on a second wait what wait, did you, you say right
0: <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> so yeah. you might get some celebrities down here during master's week awesome um i don't know that any day of the week you'd get them although you could if somebody's here you know in town to play golf or you know just practice their game or whatever so that's cool this is so amazing to me and i know that there's a lot of time and that has to go into this so what is the most complicated thing that you would say is on the menu at the bakehouse
2: Mm, or
0: time consuming i guess
2: so all of our croissants all of the viennoiserie is what that section of our menu is basically described as is all of these laminated doughs okay so a traditional croissant and everyone kind of says oh it's just a croissant but to make it properly, it takes three days
0: to make a croissant. Correct. Okay. Who to make, knew?
2: To make it properly, yeah. So when people come in and we ran out, I have to apologize and say, "I'm, you know, I'm sorry, ma'am, you know, or sir." We we make everything fresh from scratch every single day. So whatever is left over at the end of the night is will not be put back in that case the next day. And so when we have croissants, we, you know, you know that sure. they're fresh, right? and so on and so on. So all of our, you know, cheesecakes, you know, all of our pastries, all of our, you know, little tiny desserts, they're very time consuming to make. So my team and I have been working diligently to keep the case as full as humanly possible. But it has been a challenge the past couple of days keeping up with the demand.
0: I imagine so.
2: Which is it's a great problem, problem to have. Yes, exactly it is. Now. And we're blessed for that for sure.
0: So how many people do you have working with you?
2: So I have myself and two people in the kitchen right now, and I have two people working in the front right now, um, and we're already looking for some more people.
0: I was going to say, I'm sure that that can't be enough it's to, not. It's to really keep not. up with demand.
2: <laughs> it's really not enough, but my team has been working very hard, and they're greatly appreciated for that.
0: So did you come to Eggers just to be the pastry chef? Yes, I did. Cool.
2: Yeah, so uh, so the pandemic kind of killed uh, the uh, hospitality industry in New York. Sure. The hotel I was working at was closed and had no plans on reopening until at October of this year. Um, so I kind of had to put my thinking cap on. And uh, the Ho- Eggers Hospitality Group reached out to me and, and told me about this amazing opportunity where um, we're going to design and build a pastry program in, at Helms College. Oh, cool. Where we can teach these students that are passionate about baking and pastry all of the artisan techniques that I'm extremely passionate about. Uh, Alongside of that, we have the retail bakery that just opened this week, Edgar's Bakehouse. Um, So we're really excited to launch that, as well as touch on all of our other restaurants, the desserts and the bread program. And then early next year, we're also going to be opening a, a commissary kitchen. So a commissary kitchen is basically a 3,000 square foot kitchen, and it can produce up to 100 loaves of bread per hour, and we can wholesale and sell bread and pastries to all of the restaurants in the CSRA.
0: Oh my gosh, Yeah, that's neat.
2: Exactly right, yeah. So we're really excited about that.
0: So do you have a lot of people in that the program hasn't started yet, has it?
2: The program hasn't started yet. Um, We're working on developing the curriculum for that and getting it certified. Uh, We're hoping that it launches in April.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, 22? 2022? Okay. So, do you have people that, that are already inquiring about this? Because I would assume that this is something that, since it's not something that you can just walk into a program like this every day, particularly in this area.
2: Yeah. It, there's actually a lot of people in the area that are expressing interest in it, um, which is exciting for sure. Um, I think it's something that the area definitely needs because I don't think there's enough Uh, pastry minded people around enough to service all of the restaurants down here that is right um and I we even have some of our culinary students interested in coming back and taking those pastry courses once they're developed which is also exciting because they're already once they're done with their you know they could go out and they want to come back and take those classes
0: you know I I love to be in the kitchen but baking is one of those things to me that it seems like it's so time-consuming, and so it's not something that I am extremely proficient in, but I'm always amazed by people that can, particularly things like breads and, you know, croissants and those kind of things. I mean, I made some scones recently, and that was quite the challenge. <laughs> um but I enjoy it. So tell me what else you guys have on the menu, though, at the Bakehouse.
2: At the Bakehouse, we have uh, four amazing cookies. But I will talk about one in specific. Okay. It is a blackberry corn cookie.
0: Okay. Somebody told me about that. Yeah. Earlier today. And yes. It's, uh,
2: it's one of our signature items. Um okay, Kim, it's... I'm
0: pinching off of this, Brandy, and I'm going to eat it.
2: <laughs> um. So the blackberry corn cookie is one of our signature items. Uh. we have been trying to make as many of them as we can, but uh, it's been also been an interesting challenge. People kind of hear it and go, what? That's kind of weird. You know, I don't really want to try that. And then they, we convince them to just give it a shot, and they taste it, and their eyes roll back in the back of their head, and, and that's that reaction I okay. told you I'm always mm-hmm. striving so for. So do we
0: have one of these in this box?
2: Um, I don't know if there's one. Nope. no nope. oatmeal raisin and two chocolate chip cookies. Okay, well, I'm
0: good with that. Okay, so tell me, though, what is the deal with the blackberry corn? So or the bl- blackberry or blueberry? Blackberry. Okay.
2: So the blackberry corn cookie started out as me just playing around the kitchen. Corn is one of my favorite flavors to in, introduce into a dessert. Okay. Su- surprisingly, um, and for me, my one of my favorite things was uh, was blackberry corn ice cream. So I said, okay. "How do I get this to be edible?" Um, in a way that we can, you know have it on the go so mm-hmm. that people can have this flavor combination but have it easily accessible and, and eat it on the go and sure. so i started working on this blackberry corn cookie and uh it almost tastes like the way i sell it in the cafe is uh if you close your eyes and eat this cookie it tastes like warm cornbread with blackberry jam on it
0: okay i can get with that
2: in cookie form mm. so it's unique and nostalgic at the same time and that's kind of how i describe my style so my style of pastry is something you've never seen before, but you might, but it's familiar to you at the same time. I'll give you an example. One of the pastries we have on the menu is a s'mores Napoleon. Everybody in the world has seen a s'mores. Everybody in the mm-hmm. world has seen a Napoleon. Right. You've never seen our s'mores Napoleon.
0: It fascinates me that you would – how your mind gets there to, to put those two things together.
2: Right. So just like uh, our banana cream pie eclair. Right. Another great example. We've all had banana cream pie Mm -hmm. and we've all had eclairs, but no one's had a banana cream pie eclair.
0: So you just put the two together. Right. So how long does it take to perfect something like that? So your blackberry corn cookie.
2: Oh, man, that took a while. Did it? To get it perfect. Yeah. Right. But now uh, now we have our own farm. So uh, in Grovetown and we're able to get fresh blueberries and fresh blackberries and, and bring them all these things in and kind of introduce them into our baked goods, like our blueberry lemon muffin for example, is amazing with fresh blueberries from farm.
0: See, I think that that's fascinating because you can produce the things that you want, to, the you know, the ingredients for your cookies or your pastries, whatever it may be, instead of having to import something like that. And then if the truck doesn't get here, you don't, you don't have this, that, and the other. So you guys have just developed your own farm so you can.
2: Exactly right.
0: That is super cool.
2: Exactly, yeah. And it, it's really cool also for the students at Helms College to be able to see things come full circle. Sure. You know, you're not just going to watch a truck roll up and, and wheel a you know a barrel of tomatoes off the truck. right? It's like, no, 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 David, oh. our head farmer, is going to pull up in his pickup truck and here comes the crates of the tomatoes that he harvested yesterday. And tomorrow you're going to come into Edgar's Grill and they're going to be in your salad or on your appetizer
0: or, you know. So it's truly farm to table as far as that goes that's awesome though yeah it's really amazing so you said it took a while tell me what a while is i mean are we talking like a week to two weeks are we talking like months
2: that blackberry corn cookie probably took me like at least six months to get it to perfect in my
0: were you sick of eating or tasting
2: i wasn't but everyone that on my staff probably was (laughs) they were like oh man we
0: got to try this again
2: again yeah but uh but it's it's cool. You know, people love to see the process and, and see things develop to where they are now.
0: So you, I mean, when you put a, a recipe together, you literally have to stop and think, these are the things that go through my mind. You've got to stop and think about how much sugar, yep. how much flour, how much of the fruit or yeah. whatever else that you're putting in. Yep. And then you just get it to the consistency that you want and exactly. the taste that you want. Exactly right.
2: Yeah. So for me personally, I don't like when things are like super, super, super sweet.
0: Okay. And I know
2: that that's kind of weird being that I'm in the South.
0: No, I get that.
2: But like everything needs to be sweet, but not like to the point where your teeth hurt after you eat it or to the point where you're like having a sugar rush and, and feel guilty afterwards. Right, right. Um. You know, everything should just be balanced. And that's kind of where, where I come in to kind of help try and refine things. How can you make put as little amount of sugar in this as possible without you know the consistency and the quality being affected?
0: So, do you have a program for kids? We are. We I'm are, asking this because I'm thinking I know lots of little kids that would love to bake.
2: So, at Helms College, we're working on bringing back Saturday Chef.
0: Oh, okay. And
2: Saturday Chef is uh, any of our chef instructors will be there. Um, each Saturday will be a different theme, obviously, and we're going to. Uh, um, basically offer these classes to the general public. And I, I think there is going to be a lot of demand for, uh, for some kids classes. We had some kids come in the, uh, the bakery during a grand opening that, you know, a future baker, if you will. And, you know, everybody's really eager to kind of get their hands dirty and whatnot. And, and I have some experience doing some kids baking camps as well. So that's cool. I think that would be a really, really nice thing to offer for sure. Um, I know there's some liabilities that go in in turn sure. right there, you know what I mean, because of the equipment. And That's things. right. But once we uh, once we figure that out, we'll definitely launch
0: some. Yeah, I think that would be something that would be so neat for this area, and something that you know we have a few people that do camps with kids and cooking camps. But I think this would just be a whole a whole new experience. Tell me if there's one thing on the menu that you would recommend for somebody to try besides the blackberry corn cookie.
2: Hmm one thing so you're going to come into the bakery yeah and I'm
0: going to say to you Michael I need you to tell me what is the 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 thing that I have to try the most
2: so first first if if someone asked me that yeah uh, first I would ask well do you have any you know dietary restrictions right no okay you have no dietary restrictions are you in the mood for something sweet or are you in the mood for something savory sweet sweet Hmm. and what do you like do you like chocolate do you like something fruity do you like something citrus
0: both Everything, all of the above.
2: (laughs) So then I would suggest to you our strawberry shortcake. Uh, Our strawberry shortcake is three layers of lemon chiffon cake. It's layered with a whipped white chocolate cream Mm. in house-made strawberry preserves. And it's wrapped in white chocolate that's tinted red. So it just looks gorgeous.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: Um, I think that
0: would be a really good one for you. That'd be the one we'd start with? Yeah. Okay. Hmm.
2: Or the S'mores Napoleon. Okay, I think, I think you'd enjoy that as well. The s'mores Napoleon is, uh, it's three layers of graham cracker cookie dough. Yeah. So we make a graham cracker cookie and we crisp it up into a rectangle. Okay. And then we layer that with chocolate cream that we may use Valrhona chocolate for. We're using nothing but the best ingredients that we can get our hands on. So we use nothing but Valrhona chocolate, and then on top we pipe Italian meringue and torch it so it tastes like toasted marshmallow. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome.
0: Golly. Okay. So I can't wait to come and just try one of everything.
2: My favorite changes weekly. So you ask me this week what my favorite is versus next week. You know, I'll get two different answers.
0: So you're always coming up with new things too.
2: So right now the menu is set at what it is. Okay. But the second we get into our our normal routine and have everything kind of, you know, in a good place, I'm going to start making specials and we're going to start launching some really unique items. I already have like 17 ideas.
0: Well, I'm so excited that you're here because this is something that we've definitely needed. Thank you. And I'm very thankful to the folks at um, Goodwill and Edgar's for bringing you on board because so <laughs> it is a good thing for Augusta to have. Um, yeah, I'm just super excited and I cannot wait to delve into this and then. So you guys have a partnership with Eubora as well. Is yes, that right? We,
2: yes, we do. So okay. Eubora is an amazing coffee roaster. If, yes. If everyone listening isn't familiar with Eubora, you have to check them out. They're on Jones Street uh, downtown, in downtown Augusta. And
0: we love them. We frequent them quite a bit, especially during deadline time. It's super quick and easy to walk right down the street or hop in the car, typically what we do because in the summertime nobody's just running down the street. Right. Not here anyway. But anyway, yeah, it's a great company.
2: So they uh we sat down with them and tasted, you know, through all of their coffees, and they actually ended up roasting us our own signature blend. So we have the Edgar's blend. It's the Higher Grounds blend, if okay. you will. Paying homage yes. to the uh, the old Higher Grounds, which is now Edgar's Bakehouse. Okay. And uh, and you can find that in all of our Edgar's locations. And at the Bakehouse, we actually sell the retail bags. Oh, cool. So Eubora came in and they took care of us and trained all of our baristas so that we're pulling proper espresso shots and we're brewing all of the coffee to their parameters. And so you can come to our Bakehouse and get as good of a cup of coffee as anywhere you know else.
0: I love it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to throw a couple of curveballs at you real quick. Okay. Tell me something that surprised you about Augusta.
2: Something that surprised me about Augusta. It could be the
0: people. It could be the city itself.
2: Hmm. Let me think on this one. It's, it's really hot down here.
0: Yes, it is. It's like really hot. <laughs> it is. It's one of the hottest places on earth. I will not lie, I swear.
2: Um. The, you know what surprises me every day is like the... Thunder rainstorms that only last six and a half minutes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's like, oh, it's raining. I Just wait like five minutes. That's right. It'll go away. It'll be go away. Well, this
0: week has been particularly odd with the pop-ups. Yeah. And the bolts of lightning that are going straight to the ground. I'm like, okay, we need that part to go away. Exactly
2: right. Yeah. Someone's going to get hurt with
0: that. Yeah. I do not like those storms. Okay. So we also ask people a few questions when they come on the podcast. So what are you listening to?
2: Ooh. What am I listening to right now?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, let's see. I'm a big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan.
0: Okay, great. Um,
2: it's my favorite band of all time, and it keeps me in a great mood. So yeah, we're usually listening to that. Okay. Um, what else? Are you listening to
0: that in the kitchen?
2: Always. Okay. Always Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rage Against the Machine, and Deftones. Okay. Okay. Um, I uh, in the morning times, so I I get to work at 5 a.m. and that's when you kind of throw all the croissants in the in the proof box and get them you know coming to life. And uh, Spotify has an instrumental funk playlist. Oh, and it's like if you have to get moving in the morning and you don't want to like think, and you just put that on the background, it's just like it's like the soundtrack to every Mission Impossible movie, where it's just like, wow, this music just gets you motivated. And I love f-. it. Yeah, it's so that's also my uh, okay f- frequently played.
0: That's cool. What are you reading?
2: Reading right now. Uh, I just finished Dominique Cren's Rebel Chef. It was a fantastic okay. book, Dominique Crenn. It was the first female chef in America to get three Michelin stars. Um, she's an immigrant from France, and it basically tells you all about her life and you know okay. her her journey and coming through the culinary world and and everything like that that she's accomplished. So that was a fantastic, fantastic. Year.
0: I love a good autobiography, so I might have to put that one on my list. Yeah. And I like about you know a lot of different things. It doesn't have to be something that. Is a particular interest to me if the story is good about the person. Right. So I'll have to check that one out.
2: Yeah. And then right after I start, finished that, I started reading uh, Jim Carrey's new book. Okay. Um, it's interesting. Is it? It's a little all over the place. It almost reads like a like a lucid dream. Okay. So it's kind of, you know, a little bizarre, but to be expected from sure. someone like Jim Carrey. But, Sounds uh, like his
0: personality a little bit, which is good.
2: Totally good. And, uh, you know, if you if you read a book in order to escape the things that are normally cluttering your mind, sure, it will do that for you.
0: Okay, cool. All right. The final question that we like to ask everybody is, if you could sit on the front porch and have a conversation with anyone, past or present, living, deceased, whatever, who would it be and why? Hmm. That's a great question. That's a good one. Well, we try to find out, you know, we try to give our listeners a little bit of something that people wouldn't know about our guests. So.
2: I would love to pick the brain of Escoffier. Escoffier is one of the first, you know, chefs that really set the standards and, and really set up how a kitchen is supposed to be run and and the standards of cooking and things that, you know, we're all accustomed to. Sure. I mean, he created the hierarchy of, you know, executive chefs, sous chefs, chef de cuisine, and all these terms that people kind of just throw around. He's the one that came up with all that and really standardized that.
0: Is there one person in particular that would stand out like as that particular person? Is there a name that you would attach to that? Mm. Cause I don't know any scoffiers. Is that what you call them? That's his name. Oh, that's it. Oh, that was his name. Okay. That was the chef. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Mm Hmm. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, look, I'm learning all kinds of new things today. (laughs) So I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we are so glad you're here and we can't wait for everybody to go out and try the bakehouse. Come on in. See what's going on there. So thanks again, Michael. My
2: pleasure. Thank you so much. All right.